0: What up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Live Better, Sell Better podcast. This is your host, Kevin Dorsey, aka KD, and I'm going to start with a bold statement. Uh Numbers don't lie, but salespeople do. (laughs) So one of the things that I have experienced in my career, right, is this idea around is sales, is SaaS a numbers game? And so often when you ask people this question, there's a hesitancy to say yes, when in reality, the answer is yes. But what people forget is behind every number is a person, a behavior, a process, and a skill. And what great leaders are able to do is not talk about what the numbers are, but how to change the numbers to get the results that they're looking for. And that is why I am so pumped to have Peter Kazanji on the call with me today. He is the co-founder at Atrium, the data-driven sales management tool. And he and I speak the same nerdy data-driven language (laughs) when it comes to sales and sales leadership. So we're going to be getting into the numbers, but also more importantly, how to change them. Peter, my man, welcome to the show.
1: You nailed it, man. Preach. I'm just going to sit here silently while you just like proselytize. I love it. It's amazing.
0: I, I'm told the only reason Preach. guests show up to the show anymore is just for the intro. They're like, I just want to hear the intro about me and with me, and then I'll deuce out from there. Um, <laughs> so here, here's where I'm going to start, man, with with the question is, you know, you get to look at a lot of companies. I have been blessed to like lead quite a few, but now I'm consulting a lot of companies. And it still is actually shocking to me how undata driven a lot of companies are. So I actually want to open with this into why do you think that is? What seems to hold companies and leaders back when it comes to leveraging and using data? Yeah. You know, I think that it's just a new
1: thing, man. It's just a new thing. And like new things take time for people to get good at them. Like, I mean, look, like you have a, a a substantial background in, in competitive athletics and coaching and what have you. And the same sort of stuff like went down in, you know, the advanced, you know, kind of professional athletics and like is now permeating down to college and high school and so on and so forth. But like, you know, just back in the day, you didn't have like the data capture in order to do like, you know, sweet analytics on, you know, basketball or like, you know, football or like soccer or whatever, but now that you do, but now you need the humans who can like interpret that. Right. And like the same is true, like, um, you know, use the Golden State Warriors as, a, as an example. Right. Like when we were doing research with um, uh, when we were doing research for Atrium early on, you know, back in 2016, I actually interviewed the head of analytics at um, the Golden State Warriors. Right. And, and this is like back in the day. And, and it was so funny. He was like, Oh yeah, we're doing all this great stuff. And I was like, okay, well, like, where do you guys use it? Do you use it to like, you know, coaching in the game? And so he's like, no, 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 the coaches don't let us do that. He was like, and I was like, well, what do you guys, he's like, yeah, well, we do it in training and we use it in recruiting. Now, again, this was like six years ago. Right. And And it was like, because like the, the like the gray beards on the coaching staff or whatever at that time were kind of like I don't know get out of here with your like math kid like you know go kick rocks and so it's just a you know it's just a you know it's a process over time this is what we see in our customer base is like oftentimes the younger managers. Right, who are like who came up with Whoop and came up with like Fitbit and came up with Peloton and what have you, they're way more open to this and they're like more way more data native. Then you have like the older folks who are like, okay, I got to get on the train. But then you just have people who are like, okay, you're never going to change and you're just going to have to retire. Yeah, <laughs> so it's just the process.
0: I, I feel like when you told that story for uh, the Golden State Warriors that like half the people in RevOps just they felt that in their chest, where it's like, yeah, oh, here's the fully. data. But we're not going to use that. Data. Like, that's all I could here. think of. It was like, hey, we did some yeah. analysis. Go, this is not art, it's nerd. not a science. Get out of here. Get out nerds. of here. Get, so, get out of here, nerd. <laughs> um, now, it's it's interesting because, you know, as I've gone through this, there are things that I was like, I just figured these were basics. I just kind of thought, like, everybody tracked some of these things. And that actually wasn't the the case to your to your yeah. point, right? Like, And so if you think about, like, People listening going, well, man, I don't actually know if I'm data-driven. What are some telltale signs? Like, what are some signs of, like, okay, you're using data the right way in your org?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think the the most important thing there is, um, like, to your point earlier about, like, it's not about the numbers. It's about using them to identify shortfalls and areas of outperformance and then change behaviors and like coach appropriately. Because it's like having access to data like a wall of charts just for you know shits and giggles is like it's not useful, right? Like we're here to say, hey, SDR, you are not multi-threading sufficiently. Like, and I know this because the number of contacts you're engaging on a per account basis is substantially smaller than the other SDRs on the team. I need you to put time on your calendar to then do blah 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 right like I need you to select up like three at least three contacts that you're going to engage per account that we're going after and I want you to like you know email me at the end of the day every time you do it or, or whatever like it's the changing the behavior so so then the question is like okay well like how do you do that and so usually what that means is like having an operating rhythm right like and we all have our operating rhythms like you know team meeting on monday and we got our you know standups on i'm like you know talk about sdrs first right we got our maybe we got our morning standup we got our noon stand standup or whatever and then we got our our one on one maybe a half hour one on one like every two weeks or what have you cool so there's your operating rhythm is there metrics in that right like are you looking at stuff like in your prep like, as an example, I have this, like, you know, my team meeting uh, Google Doc has, like, a template at the top, and I just, like, clone it out, right? It's just like, okay, cool. Like, what were the wins from last week? What were the metric outcomes? What were the, And then it's also information, like, what new product shift? What, did, you know, what does CS want to have, you know, the AE team or the SDR team know about? But then littered all throughout is just, like, a bunch of hyperlinks to various reports and various dashboards and the same is true with like in one-on-ones as well so i think the important like you know that you're data driven when you're starting to weave this this information into your your operating rhythm and if you're not then then it's probably a good indicator right like if it's one of those things where it's like oh i have to i guess like now is the time that i need to go over to that dashboard right like you know if it's not like mm-hmm. on your calendar and it's not woven into your rhythm, it's not going to happen, right? Just like in in sports, right? Like, you know, after the game, we've got film review, right? And like, you know, after and then like you know go perform, like, and then maybe what we do is we like look at stats on a. I forget, Katie, what was um, you're a baseball guy, is that right? Mm-hmm. Or was it, yeah, yeah. Right. Like, I mean, I, I was a pitcher growing up. And so like as a pitcher, like when you're not pitching, what you would have to do is you would do stats on all the other pitchers. Right. And then we would review it on, um you know, at at Monday, uh, Monday practice. So, again, it was just like in the rhythm. Um, and if it's not like this is probably a good place to start. It's just like start putting in the rhythm because otherwise it's not going to happen.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I love the call out there of like, you know, putting it where people are, right? So in one-on-ones, yeah. in the team meetings, in the huddles because mm-hmm. funny enough, and I know mm-hmm. when I first started saying this to my manager, I was like my manager's on my team. I was like I- I'm I don't stop talking about results with me. I know the results. I have the dashboard I need you to talk to me about what's causing the results. And so with the team too, Mm -hmm. we had one slide with the results. Here's where we're at with revenue. Here's where we're at with pipeline. We spent most of the time talking about the metrics behind them. What are the drivers, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. Revenue's low. Why? (laughs) Pipeline's Mm -hmm. up. Why? And what I would tell my, my leadership team is if you can't tell me why from a data perspective, something improved, You're getting lucky. I need you to know why. Right. And so what we joked about is is like, don't bring me the data. I want the diamonds in the data. Like I want (laughs) the the, the diamonds in there. Like, what's the good stuff coming out of this? And so if you think about a revenue or we're gonna get very straightforward here. What are some of the key metrics they have to be tracking? Like if you think about a revenue old, you know, org from top funnel down, what are some of those key metrics that an org should be tracking at a team, org, and individual basis?
1: yeah for sure i mean it's it's funny that you're um i actually have these like metrics driver like cheat sheets sitting next to my oh, sitting go. next to me on my on my desk here um we actually we just like give them out to people i forget they, you can actually find them on on atrium's website you can just like <clears throat> grab them on there but yeah i mean i think the so like we can start with um we can start with the sdr team first i mean i think the, the first thing first there is um like there's varying levels of maturity and so like you know if you're not very mature right now um the important thing is to like not overthink it and instead just kind of like start right um so like use an sdr organization as an example probably the most simplistic things that you would want to be paying attention to there would be like yeah raw activity levels so like you know call volume email volume um things like that in addition to that um you would want to be paying attention to um unique number of accounts that are being interacted with right unique number of contacts because this is where you know people can kind of get um can get tripped up is by you know doing tons and tons of activity not across enough you know at bats right not enough accounts um and then the then so like and those are kind of be like the table stakes and of course your outputs right like you know Opportunity creation, or meeting creation, or whatever it is that you um, are are kind of KPIing on there, then the one of the non obvious things that people really get kind of tripped up on is um, is not sufficiently paying attention to net new accounts interacted with, or mm-hmm. net new contacts interacted with, right? And so, because oftentimes what can happen is SDRs can um, it's like stale accounts, right? um they can have you know their couple hundred or like you know their couple hundred accounts that they're going after and they can just be like it's kind of like flogging a dead horse um and so what you want to make sure is that there's like ongoing inflow that's going on there. So like new accounts that are being interacted with new contacts that are being interacted with. So those are all like quantity metrics right there. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then I think um, you were kind of mentioning earlier, oftentimes people kind of get like wrapped around the axle, like, oh, it's an art, it's an art, et cetera. Um, You can't like, you know, you can't measure my, my, uh, my style here. You actually can. Yes, you can. Absolutely. Yeah. There's, there's quality metrics, right? Um, and so, oftentimes, people kind of just like more volume, more volume, more volume, more activity, et cetera. Um, but what you want to make sure, like the success in sales, is is all about a high quantity of high quality selling behavior. And so, there's also a, a number of metrics that are really important in order for characterizing the level of quality of the the you know of the behavior in question. So again, go back, going back to SDRs, those would be things like you know email reply rate, right? And that's like a good echo. It's it's like it's not actually like measuring the quality directly, but it's 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 like an echo of of the qualities. Because if somebody has an email reply rate problem, that could probably mean that could mean a variety of things. It could mean that they're they're not selecting. Good contacts, right? They're targeting bad people. It can mean that you know their um, their subject lines are poor because they're not getting opens. It can mean that their messaging is poor because they're not eliciting responses. It can mean a variety of things, but it would indicate that there's something off there. So that would be an example of a quality metric and there's others as well like you know the ratio between opportunities created and the number of accounts that are interacted with is somebody just like spraying and praying and not getting anything to to boil right like is your batting average low and then um the last kind of quality metric that i really like is um the number of activities that somebody um that is required by uh by an sdr In order to create an opportunity right so it's a measure of of, again of of efficiency, Um, and some of those like some of those are more simplistic and some of them are more complicated. Um, You know, one of the things that we really like here at Atrium like this is why you know we've invested so much time and energy in making it take like three minutes to turn on an atrium account and have access to like over 100 kpis that are really impactful for sdrs and and for account executives because a lot of times people are like man i really want to do those things but like God, that sounds like a lot of work and also like my revops team is like totally underwater and like they keep telling me that they're going to give me these things but they never get around to it so that's, that's on the SDR side on the AE side. I mean, it's kind of like a similar situation, right? Where okay. again, the, the kind of raw volume that you would want to be paying attention to there. And this is kind of like contingent on sales motion, but um, is, you know, the, like the, the, the AE equivalent of an SDR, of like the SDRs email or calling is, is the meeting, right? Like the fundamental unit of, of um of customer of like you know selling behavior by an account executive is a customer facing meeting so starting with that making sure that you're having you know like you're measuring the number of of meetings that are happening um measuring the the number of opportunities that are in pipe for a given like how loaded they are Mm -hmm. because oftentimes what people do is they pay attention to the pipeline like the amount of pipeline that folks have that's important but like the number of ops that are like on their plate um are they too high are they too low usually people will say that they're too low um but but they can be too high as well and then it's a similar and then measures around like are people working those ops right so like number of touches on ops on a you know on a weekly basis or a monthly basis or what have you and then then like those are all the like really 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 basic ones and then you kind of have like a the similar thing around inflow right so are people having new ops that are flowing into their pipe? Um, kind of like the equivalent of engaging with new accounts. Um, are people having new ops that are coming into their pipe or are they having like stagnation there? Um, and then on the on the quality front, like obviously win rate is, is the most important kind of like metric there. Um, but then you can kind of get more granular there and say, hey... Are people engaging, like, are they sufficiently multi-threading in their accounts, right? Like how many contacts are they engaging on a per account basis? That obviously is also important for SDRs. What are the conversion rates between stages, there you um, go. right? Um, especially like once you have like north of five account executives who are doing the same sales motion, then you start having like enough data or enough sample where you can start com- like comparing people and can say, oh, okay. Okay. Like this guy right here, he's got like a problematic conversion rate out of proposal as compared to everybody else. Like he's way lower, man. He's probably like not respecting. Um, he's probably like not respecting exit criteria there. Um, and he's getting things into, you know, he's putting things in a proposal way prematurely, which of course is going to like screw up your forecasts and all sorts of other stuff there. Right. So um, those are kind of like the more sophisticated measures there. Again, these are the sort of things that like, you know our customers really like the fact that you can just turn it on and it's like ready to ready to rock because a lot of these things are you know pretty much impossible to to create in you know in Salesforce reporting or or MBI unless you have like a full blown data team in which case like you know good luck getting getting their time so those yes. are some of the the, the metrics to kind of pay attention uh-huh. to there
0: no, and I, and I think it's so important as he's going through those y'all as you're listening it's important to have those but you also want to make sure you're breaking them down for the individual and the team, because I see yeah, exactly. a, a, like, because I see a lot of um, one of my favorite data quotes now that I've been using more and more is the average man does not exist. Uh, yes, And, and I we, love using we, this. Go for
1: it. Yeah. Well, we, we say a similar thing. We say
0: like averages lie because yes. they hide things. They hide yeah, it. I love it. They Keep hide, going. They, they yeah. hide it because if I have a team of 30 and the average yep. close rate is 30%, How many of those 30 actually have a 30% close rate? You're lucky if it's one to two, you're going to have above and below and yet teams (laughs) run off the averages all the time. Preach. And it drives me nuts. And I'm sure like this, this is going to get dangerous because we are both very passionate about this. Where it's like (laughs) you hear people like, okay, you need three X pipeline coverage. And I say, how do you know? They're like, well, that should be enough. Well, okay. So um, 3X only works if your close rate is 33% and your deal size is proper. So... Do you know those numbers? Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, well, of course not, right? And so it's just uh, hilarious uh, to uh, me, uh, like, uh, like uh. because the <laughs> a- averages will trip people up and I want to spend on there. There was just um, mm-hmm. two metrics that you didn't mention on the SDR side. And I know you were saying a little bit higher level that I did want to call people out is the connect rate and conversion rate. Those quality 100%. metrics of like, okay, how many dials does it take to get someone on the phone? And then yep, every yep. time I get someone on the phone, what's that conversion rate right? to yep. like the the meeting? And there's that quality that, that art measurement <laughs> again around yeah, it.
1: Yeah, it's a it's it's a it's a
0: win rate. It's like, did you win the call? Mm-hmm. Right. That, that's the S D R win rate metric, right? It's like, hey, I got yeah, exactly. I got here awesome. on how many do I need to get to? to get to that yes and go through it, right? Because mm-hmm. as we, if we look at the flow, it's like, you know, you have your results, great. Results have already happened, those are in the past. I can't change those. Metrics are the leading indicator to a result and behaviors are the leading indicator to a metric. And so where I yeah. want to take this next is like, okay, I start getting this data. What do I do with it? Because you, and yeah. you see this, actually I know you, you see this more than I do. You'll talk to these teams and they have this data. Yep. but nothing's being done. So like, how do I yep. work with the data to actually then make improvements? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's where the, the,
1: this is why, like, I mean, this is why w- w- at Atrium we call, we call ourselves a data-driven sales management solution because it's not about like, kind of hate the A word, like analytics. Cause it's like, Oh, that's for like analysts to do analysis over there versus like, nah, bro. Like we're, we're here to manage. <laughs> we're here to manage. We're here to coach. Right. And it's a mechanism. This is something that helps us a lot, like helps us do that better. And so then the question is like, OK, well, what what, what we need to be doing is we need to be having coaching conversations and doing and doing doing the work of management. Right. Like that's why we are in the big bucks. Right. Um, and so what that means is uh, there's a couple of great books that I really enjoy on on this topic. Um there is uh, Corey Bray and Hillman's "Stories: Five Secrets of the Sales Coach." I really enjoy. Um, does a good job talking about like you know having a coaching rhythm. Um, we talked about this earlier about making sure that there's data involved in that. But you can have all the data you want, but if you don't say like, "Hey, Katie," so here's the say, "Hey, good to see you, man. Um, fresh hat, love it." Um, so you know, I was preparing for our one-on-one today. And um, you know, I was reviewing our metrics, and and I noticed that, um, you know, I noticed that you had this multi that your the number of contacts that you're engaging on a per account basis is um, is is a little light as compared to your as compared to your peers. Do you have a sense of of what might be driving that, right? now we're having a coaching conversation that is informed by data, right? It's not, I'm not coming off the top rope and I'm like, Oh, you know, get out of here. Like, you know, you're the worst or whatever. But we're now having a coaching conversation. Like, Oh, that's, I, I didn't, I am. Oh yeah. Totally. I had no idea. I, you know, Bob who sits next to me told me that that's the way that you're doing. Oh, got it. So you're, Maybe I need to refresh you on the rules of engagement where we have an SLA in our organization where when you pull an account into your name, you're supposed to select, you know, three to five contacts out of Zoom Info before you start going, oh my gosh, I had no idea. Hey, great. Okay, awesome. Well, so what we're going to do now is I'm going to ask you to go ahead and do that for the next week. And what we're going to do is we're going to come back together right like because we got this metric right here and like i'm gonna put it in the calendar invite we're gonna come back to like and i'm gonna i'm gonna ask you to go ahead and hit this hyperlink a couple times throughout the week take a screenshot of it and go ahead and slack it to me okay um okay cool man like i'm on it we just had a coaching conversation Mm -hmm. right a a data informed coaching conversation where we diagnosed a potential issue we we co-created a solution like we investigated what the issue was um and then we came up with a, a proposed solution which then, and a timeline on which to fix it, Yes, right? Um, And and so I think the challenge is like, the first step is like doing the data piece. The second step is like having the coaching conversation. And because, I mean, you see this all the time, man. You get a lot of, um, especially like SDR teams, a lot of like first-time managers, 26 years old, you know, 28 years old, oftentimes managing people who used to be their peers. It can kind of like make people clench. And so this is why one of the things that we, Um, kind of we saw this across our customers and we realized that there was an opportunity for us to just like help them better manage their teams like get get better at management um so we actually work with um i'm sure you know richard harris um uh we we actually work with richard harris that just we we have a monthly manager boot camp um that we just make available to our um to to all of our customers and actually we make it available to the community too if anyone wants to sign up it's just at atriumhq.com forward slash boot because often like people managers don't like new managers don't get coached on coaching i know it's kind of meta right but they don't get like taught how to have those those um kind of like coaching conversations and and hard conversations and you know it's like it's, it's not hard for like old fogies like you and me, because we've been doing it forever, but it's tough for some folks. And, and if you, and, and if they don't have the muscle, then like, you know, the behaviors aren't going to change. and The behaviors aren't going to change and the, then like the outputs are not going to change.
0: No. And I, and I love that because it fits right in with what, um, how my leadership teams how we run. So the managers reported up to me, the number one metric per rep and what they were doing mm. about it. Right, that was that was what the um, the manager one on one structure looked like. Like we cover our team performance and all that, but then what they were reporting up. Okay, Peter, number one metric holding him back from his number is connect rate. And then what are yep. you doing about it? And then we actually built out yep. coaching a coaching plan, an entire issue diagnosis chart. So metric by Love metric, it. what to look for. And what's mm. funny is every leader listening right now, you already have these checklists. They just live in yeah. your head right yeah if, your brain. if i if i just i could bump into you at 2 a.m on a saturday morning after five pints and go hey i have a rep who has a low close <laughs> rate and you'd be like have you looked at this have you looked at you already have a checklist yeah, exactly.
1: what's the decision yeah it's in and, your brain and
0: so we mapped it out and what that also allowed us to do is I love the, it the reps could use it too so the example you gave earlier mm. so hey dita yep. gonna dive into our one-on-one Looking at our numbers, the number one issue we're running into, it looks like, is conversion rate. So go through the issue diagnosis chart beforehand and come ready to talk to you where you think we need to focus to bring that conversion rate up. So now we were using it on both sides, literally metric by metric. It was like an 18 page checklist I love it. process, but it helped narrow the focus down, like to, to get it done.
1: Yep. Yeah, because otherwise you kind of like, you kind of feel like you're like lost in the woods, like, oh, my God, what could it possibly be versus like, yo, okay, cool. You've, hey, AE, you've got like, it looks like you got a win rate problem here. Oh, okay, cool. Like, what could be the, what could be the upstream causes of that? Well, okay, well, like, let's look at your pipe hygiene. Like, what's our, what's our untouched op situation? What's our stuck op situation look like? Mm, It actually looks like pretty clean. That's interesting. Okay, cool. Like, you're on top of your stuff. So that's good. Right? Like, not like bob over there man his pipeline is like bob. pig pen right oh, all right cool so um so let's look at something else so if it's not a pipe hygiene problem let's go ahead and look at the conversion rates out of like our various stages here oh oh it looks like we're not getting stuff out of disco huh. interesting um well let's go ahead and let's go ahead and listen to like five of your your disco calls here oh okay cool so you see at the end of the call there how you're not like scheduling a next step Um, how you're not making a contract with them for a a next step and you're not getting it on the calendar there and and instead you're following up by email. That's the problem. That's the problem right there. So, hey, do me a favor here, Frank. Um, I want to make sure that like when you exit, you know, I want you to watch the clock when you're on your calls, right? And I I want you to stop the call when when there's still like five to seven minutes left in the call, right? And I want you to establish next steps right there and I want you to get a, a next meeting on the calendar right then and there. Can you do that for me? Yeah, I can totally do that for you. Okay, wonderful. So, I want you to do that, but then also what I want you to do is I want you to grab those clips out of chorus or gong, right? After you're after you're done, and I just want you to flip them to me, uh-huh. right? Um, at the end of the day and we're gonna go ahead and we're gonna stripe a half hour on your calendar at like five from five to five thirty, and you're just gonna grab those for me because now now you know you're committed. Yes <laughs> right? and you I, can't just tell me.
0: Uh, and I, I love that I was just gonna call this out again, it's and I want y'all to go back and listen every time he goes into coach mode. I want you to listen to what he does in coach <laughs> mode because it's a math. this wasn't a coaching conversation session, but like it's a master class of specifics right backed by data not emotional but i also want y'all to catch he's always asking for some sort of action and call it inspection where it's like okay this is what you're going to do you're going to send me a couple of these calls you're going to click on this link you're going to end the call at a certain point right and send Mm -hmm. in the proof because that's always the thing around this too is like and i would talk to my managers about this i can tell whether you're doing it or not based off if the metric changed yeah did did this did this improve month over month no then i already know Either we gave the wrong direction or not, but I, I want y'all to listen. Cause there's, I love the always, there's always something that needs to be done to show progress, not just waiting to yeah. see at the end.
1: Yeah. I, I, and I think that's the thing that, um, you know, managers kind of get um, kind of hung up on is especially like new managers. Cause uh, we, you get this with AEs too. It's like, I call it the like little old me like the uh like the little old me problem it's like but i'm just like little old me like i'm just little old me like what do i know right it's like no and like you do know right like you do know so and like that's important and and that's like that's why you're the manager and that's why that's why you're the leader and um and so like use it and and moreover oh okay well like i'm just little old me and then moreover also like oh i don't know that's like micromanagerial to like you know tell them to do this specific thing no dude, that's, that's your job, job, right? Like, I, yeah, I think, I mean, this is why, like, when we first started hanging out, and, and, um, and I saw your background, you know, in kinesiology and, and what have you, like, this is the thing that, like, drives me insane. People talk about, like, micromanagement, or what have you, and I'm like, micromanagement, like, so when Tom Brady comes off the field, and, like, goes and, like, sits down next to Bill Belichick, and they, like, you know, talk about, like, the last, like, series right there, oh, like, of oh, the the greatest football, uh, the greatest quarterback of all time is, it, oh, he's being micromanaged right there.
0: No, he's not, oh.
1: he's just getting better, right? We're
0: just trying to win here, it, it, right? It drives me nuts. Actually, I just had a great conversation with J.R. Butler. Um, He runs a recruiting firm that focuses on athletes. And we were talking about this a little oh, while. Wow. Um, like they focus 100% on collegiate athletes getting them into sales. And we talked about this and I was like, if athletes mm-hmm. actually brought that mindset into their sales career they'd be untouchable they'd be untouchable can you imagine yeah. in even in high school free at college even in high school if you showed up to practice and told your coach no nah, i'm not going to your coach said hey we're yeah. running laps you said no i'm I'm a top performer i'm i'm not going to or even worse no i just ride the bench so i'm not going to we would never do that yeah. to our coach in sports but it happens all the time In sales leadership. And so actually, I want to, this kind of sets up a question here. How, so how can I start to ingrain this? You mentioned earlier, like, you know, put it where people are, right? In one-on-ones, in team meetings. Like, how do I start to create a data-driven org? Because it's one thing for you to be data-driven or another thing for me to be data-driven. But like, how do I get my team kind of bought into this mindset? How do I get my managers bought in where we're starting to leverage Mm. this more often?
1: Yeah, and I think that kind of goes to um, it's it's related to what you were just saying earlier about like you would never, it, it, you know, on a, you know, on your baseball team or on your football team or whatever. Like one, you would like there's a culture right, an expectation um, you would never like when the coach says like, oh, OK, cool. Like, you know, I played I was a pitcher. I also played like third base. Right. So it's like, hey, look, like you're not getting your butt down right when you're taking grounders. I need you to like I need you to get your butt down. Right. Like, and, and, and like, you would be like, cool. Thanks. <laughs> awesome. Right, right. I'm, 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 t- I'm tired of those grounders going between my legs, like wonderful. Right. Um, and, and, but like, there's just an expectation there. And so the, and I think the reason why is because like people come up through that. And it's like, yeah, that's what coaches do. And, um, and like, that's what I do as a player. And so what you have to do is you have to infuse that culture in your, in your organization. So you have to have a culture of coaching and what that means is Kit, like a like, kind of putting it in the water, mm-hmm. right? Making sure that you're infused with it, and then do the same thing with data as well. I'll give you some examples of this. Um, so one of the things that we have our new account executives do, because like oftentimes, like people are so like they clench before they coach, they're like, oh, I don't know if I want to. Whereas if you just like, if you're constantly doing it, mm-hmm. right? Like, oh hey, like that was a good email there. But did you notice that you like didn't like the formatting was confusing here and you didn't bold your call to action here? And in fact, like you you put the the ask at the bottom instead of the top of the email. Right. That's like a very small coaching conversation that you can have with an account executive to make them more effective in like their email communication. Right. So then how do you have those more frequently? How do you have opportunities for that and engender that? So one of the things that we do in our organization, we actually have this um, email list that we call sales engineering and and the account executives because we only have 15 account executives. Only. It's actually kind of a lot now, Pete. Uh, we, we had like we had like four a year ago. So I'm like, oh yeah, we only have we only have 15 account executives. I mean it's nothing compared to patient pop, right, bro? Yeah. Um, but what we do is we have this email listserv called sales engineering. What the AEs do is they just CC it and um and and management is on there right and it's just a, like you don't read every email right but it's just like an opportunity to kind of like you know dip in right it's kind of like the coach walking around like watching you know watching drills that are happening and you just kind of see right there you're like oh okay cool like pete you need to get your butt down because like you know xyz or like hey you know what katie like you, you know you're coming off first like you know you need to be a little bit crisper you know coming off a uh, coming off the bag there um and so like by by engendering more opportunities to have these coaching behaviors Um, one, like you have more at bats, and then it starts kind of, it's just in the water. Like, oh, that's what we do here. We get coached. Like, you know, it's okay. It's like, it's not because I'm a bad human being and I'm like dumb or something that like, you know, Pete or Sean or Melina or whoever is like, you know, giving you some coaching feedback on, on your email or, you know, overheard your call or what have you. Uh, And then the other thing too, is that when we, when we see particularly good examples, um, both like opportunities for coaching and also like good exemplars, we make sure to like broadcast it very quickly. Like, Hey guys, this is a great example of this right here. Yeah. Right. Oh, Hey everybody. See how there was this boo-boo right here. Like, you know, this is the right way of doing it. And what ends up, it's just kind of like the same way that a you know, a coach will be like, Hey everybody come in, like, you know, come in, Right. Like watch this right here. And so if you do that on a recurring basis, it goes from being like, oh, no, here's this like, you know, I'm taking the, the cat to the vet um, versus just kind of like, OK, cool. This is what we do constantly on the data side. It's like a kind of a similar situation where um, you just want to like infuse it. And so this is one of the things that we do. Our customers do quite a bit with Atrium is you just want to make sure that like these metrics are getting in front of people. Right. Like the OG version of this is like, you know, the, the TVs with the dashboards that everyone like ignores and, and whatever, like the more modern version of that is like making sure that that's like getting into people's Slack, getting into people's inboxes, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Like maybe they look at like every other one or every third one or whatever, but what it does is it sets this tone of like, yeah, like that's what we do here. Right. Like we, like we are data driven and we have these coaching conversations. Like those are the actions to kind of like change the culture um to to make it such that it just becomes like it's just in the water and then like good things happen
0: no and i I love that i'll throw one just like bonus tip on there y'all we taught sales math in onboarding because it's one thing to know what the numbers i love it are we actually so it's actually in onboarding we not only covered the metrics what they meant and what impacted them but i would give assignments Mm. based off these numbers peter Mm ae how many opportunities do you need Based Mm -hmm. off these numbers, Peter AE, what would your ACV have to come up to in order for you to hit your goal? Based on these numbers, Peter SDR, how many dials did we actually ran math exercises in onboarding? Because I think people oftentimes get intimidated by the numbers like they see them. Sure. Like I can tell you that your close rate is 16 percent. But if you don't understand what that means you're like all right whatever so we had we we ran math in the onboarding to make sure they understood how the metrics impacted each other and that was Mm -hmm. part of it if you didn't get it like you didn't graduate if you couldn't tell me based off numbers what you needed to do you, you were stuck. So we, we ran that in there. And so Madison, we're already at time. I, we could go on for like three more hours on this. But I, <laughs> I, I, got, I got one last power question before you can tell people where to learn more about you and Atrium. But like the, the name of this podcast is Live Better, Sell Better. Because I also have this weird idea that if we lived better, if we were happier, if we had more fulfillment, if we mm-hmm. took better care of ourselves, that the sales would also improve. What would your live better <laughs> advice be for people listening?
1: Yeah. Um, that's a good question. Um, cause I think I struggle a little bit with that myself as kind of like a, a, bit of a workaholic. Um, I think probably the, the live better thing would, would be around, um, like kind of that, that coaching it's related to like the, the coaching conversation and being kind of receptive to feedback. I think it's, um, like extending that throughout kind of like the rest of your life as well, I think is, is really effective. Um, like I, a lot of the times, like, as sellers were, pro- I was talking with one of my SDRs I took out to beers um, last night. And um, and as, as sellers were like professional communicators and one of the things, and like those behaviors are really impactful, like even outside of um, you know our, our commercial interactions. And so one of the things that I, I tell our, our staff to do is that they can like practice their sales chops like day to day, right? So like one of my favorite games to play is, is I call it speed rapport. Um, And it's like, how quickly, like, how quickly can I become friends with this bartender? How quickly can I become friends with this, you know, this flight attendant or what have you? Because usually, especially in those situations where like those people are you know, having a, um, they're in like high stress, you know, uh, high stress, uh, professions, maybe people are like not nice to them, et cetera, et cetera. And so what you can, so if you can infuse your, the rest of your life with these behaviors that like, you need to get better at in your professional, um, capacity, then, then that can be great because like, then you're always practicing. And the same is true around kind of like getting, like getting feedback, asking for it and like, and, and being a, um, being good receivers of like, of coaching feedback. Um, So as a rep, you can do that in, in your, like, you know, in your day to day, make sure that you're not being like negatively reactive to feedback. That's like showing up in the world. And then moreover, as like a, you know, as a manager, you can see about, you can practice that in the rest of your life as well. Like, you know, are you doing a good job coaching with like your friends and what have you? which sounds a little weird. Like I'm coaching my friends is like, yeah, but you actually are right. Because like you see your friends engaging in like, you know, this, that, or the other thing. And like, maybe there's an opportunity for them to change their behavior. And so can you deliver that you know commentary in a way that like, is it, like, they're going to receive it and they're going to appreciate it and, and so on and so forth. So I would say that just kind of like infusing the rest of your life with these things can make you really can, can make you live better as well.
0: Uh, and I love it. Cause it, and it's a different angle, right? It's like, we talk about the things that make us great professionally, can also make us great personally by right? asking the great questions, being intentional, listening, doing proper discovery, like all of those things. So Peter, my man, this was yeah. exactly what I was hoping it would be. And then some, we definitely got to do, no. do a part two because there's still so much we can unpack here. But where can people learn more so much about you, Atrium, like resources around here? Where can people get more of what y'all are putting out?
1: Yeah, I mean, um, if, if folks are interested in getting more data driven, I mean, Atrium is a great place to start takes three minutes to set up an atrium account, a free atrium account. You just go to atriumhq.com and you just, you know, sign in with your, um, with your, with, with your Salesforce credentials there. And you're like, you know, within five minutes, you're on your merry way with a world-class, um, world-class metrics harness there. And then you guys can just like find me on LinkedIn and, and Twitter. I'm the only Peter Kazanji in, uh, in the United States. So, and by the way, don't worry about like spelling it right. Cause Google auto correct yeah, it for you. So it's all good.
0: I love it, <laughs> my man. I appreciate you, dude. This was so good, man. Thank you for the insights and energy today. We'll be in touch for sure.